So welcome to this episode of Clinically Pressed. We are continuing on with our board of director interviews, uh, just highlighting these people and what they do on the board. And with this one, we have one of the original founders um, of Clinical Press, uh, Dr. Andrew Jagum. Uh, so Dr. Jagum did his undergrad at the University of North Dakota, uh, making sure we get that right. Grad school at UW-La Crosse, PhD at Texas A&M. Uh, we connected uh, originally with Kyle at UWL uh, after he did a stint out in Pennsylvania teaching and then coming back to UW-La Crosse. Uh, spent some time at Lindenwood and now is back uh, as the Director of Sports Medicine Research uh, at Mayo Clinic Health System in uh, southwest Wisconsin. So uh, like uh, the previous interview with uh, Dr. Kyle, just kind of going over some things and getting kind of his insight and really the insight on switching to a nonprofit, which you and I kind of <laughs> led the charge on as all of a sudden the light bulb started going off. But uh, just being a founding member how have you seen like the transition and just even talk about like your thought process on the idea of going nonprofit with clinically press and why you liked it um, and what kind of we hope to see from this? I think some of the, the major changes and, and even upside of it is it's kind of a, a much more efficient way to just help people and kind of give back to local community, but then even the potential to expand that um, to more people kind of in more of a broad fashion. So uh, the way we, we've kind of structured it and now just the mindset of how we see the, the organization kind of growing in the future, it's always kind of coming back to how can we give back to people um, kind of along the realm or, you know, anything related to fitness and nutrition and safe sport participation, kind of covering all those different sub-disciplines in this space. So I think that's the exciting thing is now just seeing it as really a, a vessel to, to just kind of give back and help people. Totally agree with you there. So you, you kind of mentioned a few of the areas that we're focusing on, uh, which is, I feel like one of our strengths, but also could be a weakness because we are very broad reaching in our interests, but we try and continue to apply, to apply that. What unique skills, experience, knowledge, uh, kind of anything that you want to frame it as, do you bring, uh, which people have probably, if you've listened to any of our podcast episodes, you can probably guess where some of this is going, but um, in making the complicated simple and kind of giving back to the community. Um, I think a lot of it kind of stems from my background in academia, so just kind of coming up in this field with a background and, and kind of focus on the science part of it and then kind of evolving into more of an educator role. I always kind of like looking at kind of the core fundamental, you know, aspects of how the science and physiology may impact, you know, various aspects of performance and health. So being able to kind of provide that maybe higher level perspective on some of the scientific principles you know, with some of the topics or, or areas that we focus on and then trying to translate that in an easy to understand and kind of practical manner. So kind of bridging the gap a bit of, of how we maybe see things in a lab setting, but then how people in the community can learn from that or apply it in their everyday lives. And as you kind of mentioned, we, we wear a lot of different hats through a lot of different roles that we've been in. So, um, you know, I have different experiences being a coach, being a personal trainer, doing some consultant type things. And so through all those different experiences, I think it just kind of helps view things from different perspectives and really kind of help 
find ways to, to help people so that they can, again, learn from some of the things that we've maybe studied in a research project or just kind of learn through some of the, the educational experiences that we've had. What have you seen, uh, especially like you said, in some of that kind of personal trainer consulting, uh, working with people, the biggest barrier or barriers in people kind of getting healthy, active, you know, fit in whatever context that is for that person? I think a lot of it, and it actually kind of comes down to our tagline, is people like to make things more complicated than they really are. And they, they kind of stress about it, and they're always trying to seek new diets or new training strategies or just kind of the new fad or fanciest thing when in reality just little subtle changes but done in a consistent way are really the the biggest kind of predictors of long-term success so you know finding you know the right kinds of foods and then trying to incorporate that as much as you can in a weekly diet is, is ideal it never has to be perfect same thing from a training program you don't have to do the fancy training techniques just getting into a, a weight room or a, a fitness center, giving full effort and doing it on a consistent basis, those are always going to be the most important details. So I think people just kind of get in their own way oftentimes uh, when it comes to some of these. And the other obvious barrier to a lot of people is just time and, and finding the time to do things, whether it's cooking meals, shopping, getting into a, a fitness center. And so, again, hopefully we can find creative ways for people to do those things more efficiently and, and again just kind of not get burdened down by some of the complexities that people like to make them be you kind of alluded to this but i'll just to maybe sum it up a little bit you know in your experience what is a step or two people can take that might have the biggest impact on their health if they you know kind of wanted to start today anything that comes to mind I would say just moving more. If you are literally starting from zero, a simple kind of goal is to just try to get, you know, at least 8,000 steps in a day if you can. If you're doing that, that means you're probably reducing the amount of time you're spent in a, a seated or sedentary type position. So that would be my first recommendation is just to get up and move. And then if you want to add more focused activity to it, you know, doing different mobility and kind of stretching exercises if it's been a few years or decades since you've truly done a lot of activity you kind of have to maybe work on some of those movement restrictions early on so that you can even exercise um, kind of later down the road so that's sometimes where people get ahead of themselves as they jump right into a 5k training program when they literally should be working on just some more dynamic stretching movements to uh, make sure their body is is kind of ready for that more structured or more intense activity. So that that's kind of where I would start is just to move more and do it on a consistent basis. I like it. Uh, what has been the best resource that you found in helping just yourself and all of your own fitness goals, but then also that you've maybe provided to others? And it could be the same thing. I would say one of the, the biggest resources that I found to be helpful is examine.com, which is kind of a massive database and, and helpful kind of website that can synthesize all the available research on a particular dietary ingredient, a supplement, or even kind of new, new different nutritional strategies. And it's just a massive hub of kind of evidence-based information that is 
kind of been interpreted by different experts in the field to, again, make it a really easy to follow just database of information. So that's, I think, one of the most helpful resources that I've come across, and it's also kind of user-friendly enough where the lay public could also benefit from it. And then just to sum it all up, again, kind of already answered this, but we'll ask it again. You know, in what you do and working with the board, obviously, and then also still being big on putting out content with Clinically Press, how do you make what is complicated simple? So I think, again, going back to my background and, and doing a lot of research, I kind of understand how to pick out kind of the more important findings from a particular project. And then, again, kind of through the different roles that I've had, being able to interpret it, but then immediately kind of apply it or set up practical applications from some of those you know different research findings. And then I think all of us are kind of down to earth and and kind of realistic with a lot of our daily lives and expectations. Most of us have families, young kids, and so we kind of get the chaos of life and then hopefully have figured out ways to kind of, you know, incorporate some of, you know, practicing what we preach, I guess, in ways that, again, a lot of other people could likely learn from and benefit as well. Awesome. Well, I was Dr. Andrew Jagan, one of our original founding members of Clinically Press. Uh, check out clinicallypress.org. Uh, resources will be continued to add there on the regular basis. If you're looking for any exercises, check out our YouTube channel. We're 200, almost 300 plus and counting for exercises and some mobility movements. So uh, a lot of good resources there. And we'll be back next week with another board interview.